0: Okay, hey everyone, we are back for the third episode in our Youth Week of Prayer series. And today's topic is heal me. So my name is Sophia and I am alongside the lovely Raymond today. Yes, yes, yes. And we are your hosts for this episode. So we are from the CY Project, but we are joined by a special guest, um, Sharon Johnson. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for inviting (laughs) me. So how are you doing today, everyone?
1: I'm not bad, man. Same as yesterday, it was good, chill day at work. So yeah, I managed to come here. Nice. Yeah, man.
2: Yes, and I'm really good. I went to the allotment today for the first time. Love And it. Oh, wow. I love it there. So I had a great day. I ain't been there years. Oh, Is I it? I ain't it. been there years. <laughs> oh my goodness. If you want to help, yeah, pl- listen, you can come down to my one and help volunteer.
0: Fucking oh,
1: pl- <laughs> yes. weeds and stuff. Oh
2: my, i was so <laughs> good. Planting food.
1: How's yours?
0: Do you know what? I was feeling so tired at the end of today. Mm. But now I've come here, (laughs) I feel like I've got energy. I'm looking forward to this.
1: Yeah, no, she was running down the stairs. stairs (laughs) Huffing and puffing. For real? But we forgive you for your lateness.
0: Thanks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good, good, good. So what? um, Today's story is coming from Mark 1, verse 40, I believe.
0: Yeah, Mark 1, verse 40. So I'm
1: just going to break down a quick summary about Mark 1 um, So the story begins obviously in Mark And um, it starts with about the ministry of Jesus Christ basically So this is where Jesus was starting John was in the wilderness preaching about Jesus coming Jesus appears at the a baptismal where John the Baptist was, was, was preaching He got baptised there What happened was the heavens opened and uh, the spirit came down like a dove. Uh, Jesus then got sent to the wilderness where he spent 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, once he left the wilderness, he then started performing miracles. He then recruited fishermen as his apostles. And the story continued by him continuing his healing ministry. Uh, after healing a whole town, or city, he decided to go on to the next city. But before moving on to the next city, he made sure that you know, he had his time with God alone, prayed before he continued his ministry. And then mm-hmm. uh, I believe in the, the following city, he met up with a leopard, a leper, yeah. where he, saw compassion, he had compassion towards him Yes. and he healed him immediately. And yeah, we're about to break down this story in a beautiful way. Sharon.
2: Yes, Raymond.
1: <laughs> what have you got for us today?
2: What have I got to share with you today? Yes. Well, my healing was more of a spiritual healing than a physical healing mm-hmm. in the story that you just it. shared. Um, to my background, to my testimony, begins with one grandfather who was a Rosicrucianist and the other was a Freemason. In other words, both wait, were into wait, spiritualism. Wait, 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 <laughs> oh, both into spiritualism, right, right. yeah. Right, Different dimensions. And one grandmother was a Pentecostal Christian And the other one was an Adventist. Um, My parents were young and neither were Christians. So I was born in a very close extended family during a time when racism was much, it was very obvious. It was so blatant. Uh, My parents, my aunts and my uncles supported Angela Davis and Malcolm X. And I was told about Martin Luther. There was posters on our walls and positive black art and imagery in all our homes. My siblings and I was taught karate and Judeo, starting from the age of five, boxing, um, any sport that we could do to protect ourselves. And my parents, my family just wanted to know that we were going to be safe, no Mm. matter if it was at school or out on the street. So we were taught to be strong and confident. So in primary school, I saw racism. I didn't know what it was. My parents didn't actually tell me told me that this was racism. Right. We just saw it, and they just said, this is how you're going to protect yourself. Mm. So when in primary school, I saw racism there. Mm. I remember one young guy called Robert. He's five, same age as myself. And I often used to see these two teachers picking on Robert. Um, black kids always been pulled out and right. lost their privileges. Yeah. Mm. And one experience I had, and I but the thing is, I had my dad and my family that was always the backup. So... They kind of left me alone because they knew that if they then made trouble with myself, my family would come down and do it in a positive way. Yeah. But they didn't want that. They just wanted to pick on the children that didn't have that kind of support. Right. Then as a teenager, I Mm -hmm. had friends who had drugs planted on them by the police or Mm. were beaten up in police vans and or were given harsh sentences for minor crimes. Mm. So you'd go through that emotion with them when you see somebody that you care about being treated in this way um, on the other side of my growing up life my aunt had a dance company which had big productions on stage depicting, depicting sorry depicting <laughs> slavery black folk dance spiritual worship people from all around london would meet at the african art center in central london where some Sundays we would learn the African folk dance routines that were to tell a story for the stage. So as you can imagine, that side of my life, I was getting built up and I was getting to see um, how our culture was very different to the UK culture. Yeah. And then on the other Sundays, my siblings and I would go to church with my Pentecostal grandmother, and then we learnt about God of the Bible. So there was two different things going on there. So during this time, I was having spiritual experiences. I was, I didn't even know it was called astro walking at the time. And I was having dreams that were coming true. And I thought that was the norm.
1: I just, I just literally recently watched like a Netflix show. On, like, astral traveling, actually, okay. uh, out, out of experience, body, uh, well, out, know, out, of body, body experience. out of experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you know exactly where you're going, like, yeah. you're traveling. Absolutely. All my days. Or
2: um, the other side of it is like, you're in two different realms, you're in yeah. the sleep or you're in the wake. Mm. And then I would find myself in the middle so that would be the spiritual that's where the astro walking would take place and I would see spirits I would see Mm. all manner of things and that was just part of my growing up so I was no longer really scared of it but I didn't fully understand it it was just part of my growing life cool wow so uh (laughs) So those things were happening and also dreams were coming true. Like I would dream that I was getting a letter because a friend of mine, um, my school friend, their family went to go and live in America and we became pen pals. And I would dream the next morning I'll have a letter and the letter would be there. And then as I got into um, college school, excuse me, as I got into school, I remember having a dream of a friend who fell pregnant, got into the common room. She told me she was pregnant. So lots of these things were happening. Yeah, lots of these things were happening. And I I just, I thought it was the norm until I started speaking about it. And people said, no, that never happens to me. And then again, didn't want to feel different. Yeah. So I kept my mouth shut. Yeah, yeah. And what I would end up doing is just writing my dreams down and then ticking them off as they started to happen. Wow. Okay. Then I had spiritual senses as well. I would go into rooms and smell things and then say, is anybody else smelling? And and mention Mm. what it is. And those people who believe in the dead or people who are passing and still alive, I say, oh, that must be my grandmother because she used to wear such and such a oh perfume God. or I'll go in rooms or mm. and, um, sense. Um, I wouldn't see the person, but I'll sense the person. So I'll sense a man, a white man, an old white man or um, a woman. So I'll just sense it on the size of what they were and then be told whoever's present, that's somebody they know. Again, I thought this was the norm. Um, and especially if people will welcome it by um, validating what I was saying was the truth. I thought, right. well, yeah, yeah, this is yeah. the norm.
1: So you had a little community, did you?
2: A community? That, that were doing this? Um, no, at that time it mm. was just me.
1: So who 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 validates this?
2: My grandfathers remember oh, okay. I was gonna, gonna say yeah. family, right, yeah. okay one yeah. yeah. So my grandmothers was like, Don't let this happen. I've said, I'm not making it happen. Yeah, so yeah, they yeah. were opposing it. Yeah. But my grandpa, grandfathers was smiling. Yeah, they yeah, wouldn't tell they like, me yes. what was going on. <laughs> right. But they were smiling. They were yeah. like saying, Well, you know, this is our way. This is it. Mm. But that that's all I'll be told. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so as these things were going on, um I didn't know what was happening. I wasn't making it happen. Um, then what happened from that point on was, there was just, it was just going in different places through friendships, wherever I would visit strange places. It would, um, it would just happen. So along this stage, my life experiences were creating strong images and belief systems around black versus white lives and religion versus spiritualism. And so s- what was happening, I would noticed looking back now that Satan was slowly putting pegs in place towards the goal he had for my life. So mm. he was making me feel comfortable around these things mm. yeah. so that when he introduced me into the bigger picture, hmm. I wasn't worried. I wasn't scared. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, as a teenager, I was going to clubs like youth clubs and then parties and then started smoking cigarettes, then went on to marijuana, drinking alcohol, experimenting with all of this stuff. By the time I was 17, um, i had left home. And by mm. 21, I thought, is this life? Mm. Is this it? I just felt like I'd done it all already. Wait,
1: why, why did you leave?
2: Why did I leave? I had strong personality, wasn't getting on very well with my dad. Yeah. And I just felt I could... I could get on with my life without mm. them. I could do many things that they probably didn't want me to do, and I just wanted to do it. Yeah, and just so no I restrictions. Just, yeah. yeah, no restrictions. I think I and
1: think I think, th- I think a lot of youth feel like they want to leave, especially around that age of seventeen, yeah. because you want to go out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You want to come out.
1: You want to come home whenever you want, without yeah. any repercussions or any noise. Yeah. Yeah, but I couldn't do that. I mean, I didn't got no funds. But what? it wasn't, yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was. And I think at that time as well, I was lucky because my aunt had a flat, that she had <laughs> moved into a house, so the hat was, flat was vacant. Oh, so okay. they had a bit of control. They said, okay, listen, if she's going to leave, she's mm. going to leave. Let her be in a flat that we can still monitor, monitor, monitor. her, yeah. which was a bit wise. And yeah. it was round the corner from where they lived as well. Oh, okay. So yeah, oh. I could visit, they could visit Good me. situation. So yeah, yeah. it kind of worked. And so anyway, so at this time, Satan was realising, or he was watching me become someone who was pro-black, believed Christianity, again, wasn't a religion that I was going to identify with. Um, Then also that I was watching what the drums could do, Mm. and I was comfortable around that. I was experiencing spiritualism. As I said, I was very unfulfilled. So... I met this guy. I decided at 21, I didn't want to have children because I thought this was, this world was a wicked world and I didn't want to bring a child in. Yeah, yeah. I either wanted to foster or adopt. And I decided I want to buy a house to make that happen. Mm. So okay. I started looking for a house at 21, met this estate agent. We got on so well. And um, I wasn't driving at the time. So he used to drive around and he, he was also was in his 20s. We started talking about dreams, and I thought, my goodness, you're experiencing the same thing I am. He said, you're not the only one. I've got a lot of friends that are like that. And I said, where? I've not met anybody. And he said, look, let me invite you to meet them. So we arranged. We were arranged to go to this church that was in Old Street on a day that they were doing a ritual, but he'd forgotten that was going to happen. So as soon as I walked in the house... I had dreamt it a year before. So I knew exactly, I didn't know exactly, but I felt comfortable. Mm. I knew what the house looked like. I knew where I was going to go. The difference is the dream didn't allow me to go downstairs. It stopped by the door. Mm. In reality, I went downstairs. The bishop pulled the friend aside and said, what are you doing? This, you know, we've got a special thing happening here. Um, Then they decided to throw some beads and out of the decision, They said that I had two spiritual guides that were leaders and that they were going to let me in and watch what's going on. So I was a part of that watching, not literally a part of it, but I watched Mm. it. So the African drums were there. I was comfortable with that already. And the ritual, I can't remember what it was about, but they sacrificed the chicken. Again, I was not scared. Oh my I was. Yeah. I just wanted to see what was going yeah, on. Yeah. They had the answers to my questions oh my and there church. were other so people that were there.
0: Do you think that your isolation in experiencing what you were experiencing, then when you found a group that understood, just made you feel mm. like you had a home?
1: Mm.
2: Yes.
0: And no. that they were going to answer the questions that I had
2: for a long time. Right. So just stick it out. Like a new out. Christian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for me to just stick it out, even though certain things may feel a bit strange at yeah. first. Yeah. If they understand half of the picture, they're going to help me to understand the other half right. of the picture. So, um, and we had fun. They were nice people. We had a laugh and a joke. And then there was the spiritual side that we could trust each other on. Right. And I could be open to them without them frowning or feeling uncomfortable about yeah, it. And yeah. that was the first set of people that I came across that could do that. Mm. So in that process, um, the what I would say, he ordained himself a bishop. He would start um, introducing certain practices just to see if people are comfortable with it. So... Um, things like the Ouija board. So he would say, oh, we're going to do the Ouija board. Oh, wow. So the group would, some of the group, well, most of the group would say, nah, and I was one of them, said, nah, I'm touching that, there's no way. <laughs> so three or four would say, yeah, we're good with that. Then I'd notice that he would befriend the ones that were a bit resistant. Okay. And then the next time he offered to do this as a teaching, less people would be resistant. So slowly,
0: like... manipulating Manipulating. yeah absolutely
2: so he was already a person that I didn't feel fully comfortable with so Mm. that plus the dreams I was having was making me think am I in the right place I started to question it with the mothers of the church and they said yeah you're just not used to this this is this is the true way Um, what was taken from us before eventually you'll feel comfortable with it they also orchestrated a relationship between me and this other person. I realized that afterwards. Okay. Um, where well, we did a lot together. We, Because we were a group learning how to do a lot of these so-called spiritual skills, I was paired up with this guy and um, we did everything together. We learned the various different ways. Um, he had his so-called spiritual gifts as well. We connected. I mean, things like when he went abroad, I definitely was one of the dreamers and um, I would tell him what to be careful of, what to be wary of and even describe yeah. certain people. He will ring me back and he said, Sharon, I can't believe it. I met that person and wow. all of those things. So we bonded very much. Mm. And, um, and he was like the son to the bishop. So they were very close.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> now, when I started to question things that um, I didn't know he was feeding everything back to the bishop. So the bishop was doing his best to put things in place. And then before I knew it, they then said the next step that we needed to do as a group was to give ourselves over to these Orishas, which I was not comfortable with at all. These what again? Orishas. They're like little G-gods. So there were seven main Mm. Orishas. Now, like within the... Catholic Church, okay. you know you have um, Mary, St. Andrew, oh. oh, yeah, St. Yeah. Peter, okay, yeah. and they're, yeah. they're like, um, each one is, say, the the saint for travel, the saint for fertility. And oh. What they used to do is behind yeah. that really was the African Orishas. Mm. So the same were the seven Orishas here. You, if you were going to go and travel, you go to whatever Orisha that is, and then you'll set a candlelight to it. Mm or you would put a libation to um, pay homage to that right, orisha. okay. So there was a main orisha that this bishop wanted us to give our lives to. And so there mm-hmm. had to be in a, a, a ritual of over the night for me and others, the rest of the group, to give our lives to him, to say that you, govern, like how you give your life to Christ, Right. It was the same yeah. thing with this.
1: So well, there's no mention of Jesus in these?
2: No. Well, at the beginning, they speak about God. And then yeah. they got your confidence in them. Yeah. And then you, they slowly, as I said, that they slowly introduce mm. things. And then they said, okay, this is the Orisha way. <laughs> this is the way you do it. God is behind it. He's the big God. Yeah. But these are little gods. So, And then the next thing you know, you yeah. don't really hear about God anymore. Yeah. You just hear about the Orishas. Part of the Orisha thing as well is you know these beads, you know the colour beads? Yes. They so you would be given a main Orisha or and then a backing orisha, second orisha, you may even have a third orisha. Each orisha has colours. And so you would wear these the beads to Mm. show which orisha was your god. Okay. So there was, uh, I can't, I don't even really want to remember the names, <laughs> but there were certain orishas that are different colours. So um, one orisha may be blue and white, another one would be red and black, another one would be green and black. And so if you had two main orishas, one who was red and black and the other one's green and black, you'd have uh, the mixed colours of the red and black and the green and black. But there were also numbers that were involved so the red and black may have the number 3 so your but your your beads would be arranged in a certain way to show that the number 3 is in there mm. and also with the green and black Arisha, there's another number so mm. when i used to see these people wearing the colored beads that sometimes people don't even realize what they're, what doing. they're doing that's what it comes from it's mm. showing which little g-god you are allowing to govern your life and it's all about ancestors, You're the, those who have passed. Yeah. So a lot of that was happening. Oh. A lot of that was happening. And um, so when I started um, questioning, and he was my friend, my partner at the time, was going back and telling the bishop everything. Um, um, and they would decided to have this ritual to give ourselves over to the Orisha. I said to the bishop, I didn't want to do it. But he mm. said, I had to do it because we were part of this group. And it's like, you know, with you see, wherever Satan has, God has a plan, Satan has a counterfeit. Yeah, right. Yeah. So this group was meant to be, uh, we have different skills that made a body. So everybody had to be part of that body. You know, church, we are the body Pretty of Christ, Christ and each person yeah. has its own gift. So it was the same thing. So I had to be, he said, I had to be a part of it. And I had made up my mind, I'm not going to do it. So
1: So how long had you been in the church at that time? It was just
2: about a year at that time. Oh yeah.
1: And they have different branches or just that one?
2: That was there was different branches. I think there was just one other branch. Yeah. And um that branch got closed down because they were saying to people that they could um if people were going into court, mm. if you would come to them they would do certain rituals and what have you and they will block it and you won't go to prison and a, <laughs> a i know a newspaper heard about it a journalist went oh wow to pretend and it was exposed the wow. whole church was exposed this wow. is what i was told i didn't see that yeah. that was before yeah. my time so that church then got closed down and they opened up another one but i believe there was another one in the states
1: Okay.
2: That's probably where he, yeah that's where he yeah was yeah. Prob- he went over to sort out some his business right, right. so when I um so when um they said to me that I was supposed to do this thing, I refused to I prayed to God about it, and the bishop then said to me, the only way that you can get out of it and I just thought it would be it would never happen the only way that you'll <laughs> get out of it is if somebody dies three day, within three days before the ritual supposed to happen. Um, they said that because it would be a new death and we're dealing with the dead, it's too close and they wouldn't want, you couldn't, you couldn't do it. There needs to be extra amount of days to has to pass. My uncle was dying of cancer, lung cancer at the time. And that night my aunt and my mum and I went to go and help my aunt um, because he was struggling. He passed away. So when he passed away, I I said to the bishop, look, I can't do this thing because my uncle passed away. That's God's timing. Yeah. And um, so he said, well, you have to do it next week. We're going to go ahead with the group this weekend, but you have to do it next week. So I didn't say anything. Again, prayed about it. Hmm. And within that week, he got called away on an emergency in the USA. So he went and he said, as soon as I come back, you have to do it. Yeah. He Mm -hmm. went. My partner at the time, he again was becoming really worried. You know, why are you pulling away and all of that stuff? Yeah. And. Because um, at this
1: point, you was reading the Bible more,
2: isn't it? I was reading the Bible more. Yeah. And more and more I become, the truth was being yeah. seen. Yeah. And I was feeling more uncomfortable about what I was actually involved yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. So then I had one of my dreams with this. I was traveling down this road and the van pulled up and the van back door opened. The group was in there. This is all in my dream. I get <laughs> in the van. The door shut behind me. I asked where my partner was. They said they're going to him. And um, they gave me this bottle, an unusual looking bottle. I took the bottle and then I wiped my fingers off the bot- fingerprints off the bottle, gave it back to them, said I didn't want it. Got out the van. A couple of days later in real life, My partner at the time comes and says, look, what's happening? I had taken down my altars. I had got rid of my books and my gowns. And he was going crazy. What's happening? What are you doing? Um, And then he produced the exact looking bottle saying that I had to bathe in the oil because it's going (laughs) to cut whatever it is that's trying to pull me out. Um, When I saw the bottle, I absolutely refused. There was an argument about it. And I pulled, he set the bath and he put the oil in, I pulled the, the water out. Um, and then when he left, I, I just knew I had to go before the bishop got back. Yeah. And yeah. so the, where I was living was a Caribbean lady who'd seen all of these spiritual practices before. And she said to me, Sharon, I don't know what you're in, but when you're ready to get out, just let me know. Mm-hmm. And I let her know. Yeah. And I don't know what she did with my stuff. I put it all in black bags and oh, she okay. took it. When I was searching before I went into that spiritual church I left the clubs I stopped smoking weed as I yeah. said I stopped smoking cigarettes and then I started um um I, I started to become a vegetarian as well so okay. coming into this church I felt like I was home mm. coming into the SDA right. church yeah, yeah. yeah it wasn't just the word it was my body having to be a temple
3: yeah,
1: of yeah.
2: God so there was many different parts of being comfortable here that I didn't see in any other church
3: yeah
2: so so this journey was <laughs> that when I left there and um, was really concerned with what I saw in the other churches and coming into this church I recognised this was the only place I was going to be safe yeah this church was the only place I was going to be safe
0: what and made you feel like that because the whole thing so
2: in that the diet in that I wasn't seeing the pictures the images that yeah. I saw other places so therefore it didn't invoke any fear from me remember I was running away from something I was wearing protection um, scripture in my clothes and so if I went somewhere and I saw a resemblance of that spiritual church I'd left yeah. because I thought well, they'd been infiltrated yeah. and I didn't want anything to do with it mm. but I didn't see that in this church yeah Um, so when I went to watch Pastor Abraham Jules, when there was this crusade, okay. and as I said, I was impressed to fast a week before. Most of my Muslim, most of my friends were Muslims, and that was the first time I experienced fasting. Mm. Was during the um, Ramadan, mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
2: So, so I you, was impressed. So, you did, to so fast. you
1: did the whole. I,
2: it was just seven days. I for until I yeah. think five or seven o'clock in the evening. I was just in my prayer yeah. because I'm starting to, I'm starting to read the uh, the Bible now with um, mm. Brother Burton and Pastor Haynes yeah. and. And I'm learning about what true fasting is about Mm -hmm. and praying to God and I'm having a closer walk with him. I'm living in Clapham, the Crusades in Brixton. I go down there, been blown away by this man. And then he said, you know, at the end of the three weeks, we're going to have a baptism. I thought, I've got to see this baptism. So um, I would always go to the altar call at the end of every evening. I felt a different experience every time. And so when it came to the baptism now, my gran was visiting from Jamaica. And I said, oh, come to this baptism with me. This guy's amazing. So I went to the baptism. Mm. There was They were going to baptize about 60-odd people. Wow. So the church was packed. Brooklyn Church is a big yeah, church. Yeah, yeah. But it was packed. Yeah. with Family members. So I'm there waiting for Pastor Jules to finish his sermon. And he said, you know, come to the front for the altar call, anybody who wants to get baptised. I thought, no, I'm going to watch this. I've been, I had my chance before. I'm going to stay where I am because this place is packed. But then I was impressed to look up while he was praying. And you know, um, in Brixton church, they have a pulpit bit. That's a little bit higher. Yeah. So when I looked to him, he was beckoning me directly. So I thought, Oh, cause he saw me every day and I hadn't come forward. He wants me to come forward. Well, I went forward and then that was it. I just, um, I felt that I was totally taken over in that I felt like this tingling sensation was all over me. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt very emotional. I -hmm. was very tearful. They then asked if anybody else wanted to get baptised. There was about 10 more of us that wanted to get baptised. I was taken around the back of the vestry. They said a prayer, asked again. I had not stopped crying. Um, They asked again, do you want to get baptised? Yes, most of us said yes. I said, I need to call my mum to let them know I'm going to get baptised. I called my mum. She said, no, you can't do this without me. <laughs> I've got to come. <laughs> so I said, well, I'm getting baptised today. I hadn't planned yeah. to. Um, so they took me around the back with the blue robe. And they said that um, they had somebody to help me to get changed. Really? All of a sudden, I needed to confess. Now, I didn't know this was part of the process. Yeah. But I desperately needed to confess. Okay. So... I said to the lady who was trying, who was helping me, I need to speak to, um, and I named a pastor's name and they got the wrong pastor. So that pastor came and I started to confess all the things that was happening, what I saw and he just looked at me and he said, why are you telling me all of this? I said, I don't know. But I just just felt that I was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. It's not until afterwards (laughs) that I know that's part of what you're supposed to do before you get baptised. You're meant to... Confess your sins yeah. and ask God for forgiveness. Yeah. But nobody told me that. Right, But that's how I felt. So I knew God. Looking back, I knew God. That's what he wanted me to do. Offload. Yeah. yeah. So throughout that process, as you know, when you're getting baptized, you pick a scripture mm-hmm. and you pick a, um, a hymn. So you had 70 odd people at this stage doing that. Every time they sang, every time they said a scripture, I just burst into tears again. People will come and say, yeah. you've got nothing to worry about. I said, I'm not worried. I don't know why I'm crying, but I'm not worried.
3: Yeah.
2: So when it was my turn to go into the water now, I went in and I felt this peace. Mm. And it felt like I'd just finished having a serious fight with someone. I yeah. was knackered. And they gave me a book as a gift. And I couldn't wait to get home. Then the next morning I literally felt like a different person, like I'd been swept out completely clean. Mm. That I had to really start thinking about what my journey was about. And um and I knew there was a stark difference from who I was before to who I'd become. And so that was the spiritual side. Yeah. Then that so that was part of my healing. Um the journey between leaving that spiritual church, becoming baptized, and then growing in the church, in the Seventh-day Adventist church, that was my healing. Mm. The healing was that the truth was seen and understood and embraced, because the Bible made sense. Yeah. Also changing those friends and God was so good because those friends lived in the same area as me. I lived in Clapham. They lived yeah. in Clapham no. for three years. I never bumped into not one of them
0: Wow! until I was
2: spiritually strong. And then I met one at the end of my street. Wow! Yeah. They didn't know I was living there. Mm. And, um, and so that again was God. You he confront protected them. me. Mm, you confront them. Me. um, Nice Eventually thing. I did, yeah, because yeah. I bumped is, yeah. into another one, and he was still having spiritual experiences okay. where the spirit would literally take over him. Mm. Yeah. And um, he wasn't having it, what I was sharing, yeah. yeah, because he was still having those spiritual experiences. So how can you tell somebody they're demonic yeah, yeah. and he can't control them? He's yeah. not going to accept that. And yeah. also his family was very much involved with it. Right. So there was a stage when I was hmm. frightened, but then when the healing took place, I was able to talk about it, my experience. And people would say, wasn't you ever scared to share about mm. what you're mm-hmm. sharing? I said, no, because then it would say, Satan's still a part of my life. Because if I hold back this information, because I'm scared that somebody's going to think of me in a negative way, then Satan still has a hold on me. Yeah. I want to be able to say, Christ literally pulled me out of that. Mm. I mean, I told some of the experiences, but he let himself be known to me. Mm. And when it was needed, the only one way that they would let me go is the Lord had um, timed it that my uncle was passing anyway. But Mm. the timing was just so perfect. And then he also pulled that man away into another country so that I could move my stuff and literally get away. And they, they didn't know where I was. And the other part of this healing to show God how real he was, the partner at that time, when we broke off, I mean, that was probably one of the hardest relationship breakups that I had ever had. And um, when I'd left, I prayed for him for two years straight, not for him to come back to me, not for us two to get back together, but for his eyes to be opened Mm. and he see the truth and get away. So for two years, I would pray earnestly every day. And then one day I went to pray for him. And I felt I didn't need to pray for him anymore. Yeah. And then um, I went to camp meeting. Mm-hmm. While I was at camp, I had a dream of the guy. And um, he just came up to me in the dream and disappeared. So I prayed to God, please don't let this man come back in my life again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in the book club. I, had, um, Sorry, bookshop. I had a basket full of books and I was just going to go through which ones I wanted, which ones I didn't. Yeah. yeah. And then I heard my name. Hello, Sharon. From behind, wow. it was him. <laughs> so I turned around and said, "What are you doing here?" And he said, "I belong here."
0: Wait, is this that camp meeting? Yeah, this was that camp meeting. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> so
2: automatically, I thought he's oh, come whoa. to he's come to um, recruit people into that old church. So I was <laughs> oh, horrified. God, yeah. yeah. I was like, what are you doing here? And he said, I belong here. I said, what do you mean you belong here? <laughs> he said, I'm an Adventist.
3: Wow. So the
2: year that I'd stopped praying for him, he got baptized. <laughs> Somebody from his workplace invited him to a youth um, a prayer meeting and everything started to open up for him until he got baptized. For two years, he had Bible studies, then he got baptized. Wow. That's and, now, and we're still friends today. Oh, that's oh, a beautiful yeah. story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's mad.
2: So yeah, I don't know if you've got any questions.
1: Yo, like you know what? It's, it's just so mad, like, and even from the beginning. Actually, let me go back to. It's so good that you decided to give a testimony because even in the story of the leper, mm-hmm. yeah. like in the end, he was Jesus was like, listen, I've healed you. Just go go see the priests and give an offering. He was like, nah, nah, nah. Like, he's like, he literally went to his friends, to everyone. his family, everyone is like, yeah. and it, it, it caused a whole massive uproar where everyone now was storming towards Jesus. Like, yo, I need to go to the next, yeah. next city. So it's like, literally sharing your story is so important because it actually helps other people to become. Yeah. And yeah, that was great.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know,
2: and when I first came into this church, I gave my testimony then. Yeah. And, uh, I was quite surprised how many Adventists didn't know that crystals was part of spiritualism. Mm. Um, and they would come up and ask questions about stuff that they were doing that they didn't realize. Mm. Um, so being able to say that Satan is real, mm-hmm. he's really real, yeah. and and flag up some of the areas in which he is very subtle, mm um oh, help yeah. to open up the eyes of some. So as I said, there's certain practices that you don't even realise.
1: And you know the devil is so crafty yeah, because like oh. just like you were saying from the beginning, he's like, oh I was familiar with drums. So of course this is this makes yeah, sense. It's just part so of it. It, like the devil is just wheeling you in nicely, like, yeah, this is you're very comfortable here. So to the point where you can't even recognise what's right or what's wrong. Yeah. So the fact that God was able to intervene with you and I mean you, and you was able to distinguish saying things like, no, wait, hold on. I'm reading this and you're saying this. Yeah, I mean, so it's like, it's so important to be able to find the truth out for yourself and not just really li- li- rely on someone. Absolutely. So, and I think mm-hmm.
2: the other thing for myself is that, you know, we're living in a world where truth is mixed with error. Oh. Mm-hmm. Families are dysfunctional. Yeah. And people are hurting and lost and confused and wanting to do well, but don't know how to. Mm. and because they're not balanced Satan can have a laugh again me smoking mm. weed was just mm. do you know what it's a herb you hear that all the time, all the time. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was about um, me not knowing how to manage what mm. was going on in my life at that time and so this would just mellow me out Yeah. you
1: know even even before you go Sophia yeah, like last week I was watching something and it was like it, it was a meeting they were having it's like the best way to tell the to tell a lie is to mix a little bit of truth. Yes.
0: In it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, just to dabble Ooh. between the two. <laughs> to
2: make it more believable.
0: I was just going to say, like, I just emphasize the point of like, there's different spirits. Mm. Um mm. Like, obviously with like, in your testimony, you were talking about the spiritual church and the spirits there, which like you can now see with demonic spirits. Mm. Um But obviously in the Adventist church and Christian church, you you have the Spirit too, but the Holy Spirit. Yes. Um, and I just wanted to ask do you still get like dreams or things now? And how can Christian. you differentiate <laughs> between the between two? The two. Okay. Are you
1: asking back this <laughs> <thing>? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Great yeah, minds. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so
2: I would say there are times when. Something doesn't sit well in a dream. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I have learned to say, ask, and even question the spirit. So say, you know, who is Jesus to you? And they will run or they won't say anything. Um, It's very difficult to explain. As I said, sometimes I question it. In the dream. Right. And then sometimes outside of the dream, I question it and I look in the Bible um, to get some um, understanding. Now, um, growing up, there were certain symbols that I understood what they meant for me and um, and it would make sense. Um, sometimes I'd have a dream and it would make no sense. And then hmm. eventually... It's like if some if I just came up to you and said a sentence and walked away and you think,
0: what's going on? (laughs) Yeah. And then
2: eventually, two days later, you'll see what the sentence was about, and you said,
0: Oh, that's what she meant. Okay. Okay,
2: That's how my dreams could be sometimes. Before, my I used to dream, no joke, it was like another world. When I'd wake up, I'd be knackered. Because I was living another world. It was as (laughs) colourful and as real as us sitting here talking. And so when I came out of it, I was so tired, I needed more sleep. Mm. Crazy. Um, And so I'd write things down. Um, So the answer to your question is sometimes I just know without a shadow of doubt. Other times I didn't know. And and time will tell whether it was going to be truth or not. Okay. and then there'll be other times mm-hmm. when i pray to god if there's a specific thing i need an answer to when he showed me in a dream they, he, he there is something that he does that it convicts me so then okay. i know it's yeah it's the answer i need and you know sometimes it's like
1: it's, it's hard to distinguish um like the clean or oh, actually is it really hard to distinguish an unclean spirit from a clean spirit Because sometimes sometimes it can be so crafty that you're like, you know what, it feels right, but sometimes it's wrong.
2: That's when I go to scripture. Yeah. That's when I
1: pray and and fast. Yeah, don't
2: move off until I know for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because even like, um, I was reading Mark 1, 34, uh, let me read it now, yeah, and it was saying, uh, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. Uh, He also drove out many demons, uh, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew he was. It's like, the demons sometimes, when you're so grounded in in God, like so the demons know, like ah, oh, actually there was um there was a story in the Bible where it's like oh you're not poor, or something like that. Do you know that story? I know. I,
0: I know. Um, it's like, it's like, I, know yeah. I know what the story talking about, but I can't think of the words. Yeah.
1: Or even 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 when uh, it was um, Job, for example, it's like the devil. Actually, Jesus, God was asking uh, the devil, or oh, have you considered? Uh, job my servant mm. and it's like the devil already knew like oh, I've, I've tried job already yeah. you know i mean so it's like when you're so grounded that some, some, some uh, demons just don't absolutely. really like you know what i've tried it with this person like and it's like i'm just gonna let them yeah leave them and
2: yes yeah and i'm so glad you said that because the word when you read the word and mm. you fill yourself up in god's word mm. God's word is him. It's God yeah. Himself. Yeah. So when you fill yourself up with that and you surrender, mm. Satan can't touch you yeah. unless mm. God yeah. allows it. And yes. if He's gonna allow it, it's because He wants to learn teach you something. Mm. There's something that's got to come out of it. I had to question, why did you allow me to go into that church? Yeah. And the impression Oof. that I got from that was I needed to see, mm. I needed you to see that Satan is real. Mm. And these are the things, um, are the signs that he uses or the things that he uses to subtly or blatantly trick people. Mm. And so with people who want to know it, I can say it's true. That is real. As I said about the drums, that is real. Mm. Um, And certain other things, the crystals and the burning of candles and things like that. I can say it's real.
1: And you know, it's like, sometimes these is not only for you. It's for people who are about to maybe go Absolutely. into these kind of things. So God is making sure like, yo, I know Sharon can handle this. Yeah. So I'm going to make sure. And, and you know, I, I was saying this yesterday is like, God has already delivered us from everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. So it's for us to literally walk in that victory Absolutely. and move in that way. So when he delivered you, he knew like, you know what, you, you're going to be there preaching about it, speak on it. And, sometimes we we underestimate, not underestimate, but it's like the things that the devil has prepared for us.
3: Yeah.
1: But it's like God is only allowing just a little bit. And he knows that you can handle that little bit. So if was, if God was to open our eyes... And let us Fully, see all, oh, sure. all, all the things that yeah. the devil is trying to do yes. to us, yeah, like, yes.
2: yes. and also what is around <laughs> us all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To yeah. ever see that, it would frighten. Yo, so he
1: literally, like, you know what? There's a lot going on right now, but yeah. here's this little bit that I know you little can handle. Snippet. Yeah, little snippet <laughs> that you can yeah. handle, and once you overcome it. Yeah. Going to the other people.
2: Yeah. You know, I'm glad that you said that as well because the thing that I remember when I came in here, that as I said before, I never saw any of the symbols anywhere around, so I felt mm. safe. Mm. We're living in a time where spiritualism is a. Yeah. People are doing it like there's no big deal. Yeah. Mm. People don't mind saying they're witches anymore. People don't mind saying that mm. they're going to a satanic so called. Yeah. Uh, do they call it a satanic church? Satanic temple, that's what they call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't mind actually saying that. So it's really important as God's children and this being his body, this church, this yeah. building, that we don't have any of those symbols because when they really want to get away, mm-hmm. they will come into a church like this and feel safe. They all know that, um, they know Satan can go anywhere, but at least they can see that the church does not, Endorse, support, or practice those things that you've seen in the other churches. And I think it's really important that we stay this way.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say what you referred to earlier, Acts Mm. chapter 19, verse 15. So a group of Jews were trying to use Jesus' name to cast out evil spirits. And in verse 15, it says, but one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who Who are you? you?"
1: you. I was just going
0: to say, back into the the leprosy story as well. And there was a point in the reading that stood out to me and it kind of triggered me in your testimony as well. Um, And it was, It says, in the healing of the other illnesses carried out by Jesus, the writers of the Gospels used almost always the Greek verb, I'm not going to say it right, but I am I, that means to heal. But in the miracle of the leper's healing, a, a distinct Greek verb is used. Do you know which one? It's the Greek verb katharizo that can be translated as to clean. Or to purify. Um, And when you were saying your experience with your baptism, it kind of just triggered that point in the reading for me.
2: 100%. I literally felt cleaned out, cleansed out. I felt completely different the next day. 100%. And Mm. I truly believe God impressed me to have that to fast. So that, that journey, that fight, that he would have more control over the flesh. Right so that he could have me completely in that baptismal pool and come up a clean woman. Mm. I really do believe that. At the time, I was just like, all right, you want me to fast? I'm fasting. But <laughs> I didn't know I was going to get baptized. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know. I just said, oh, Lord, if you want me to, then fine. But I had no intentions. I feel like the no process plan. was so
1: different as well. Like, the other one was more false. I was like, yo, you got to get this done. This yeah. and that. Whereas this one was more a personal conviction of like, you know what? Yeah. This feels right. Yeah. And, uh, and another thing that I wanted to look into is, as well, sometimes we think like people get into these spiritual places because they're lonely. Mm-hmm. And like mm. so like, for example, in the wilderness, it's just full of temptations. It's just you and the spirits basically. And it's for you to fight them. But it's like in your situation, it's like, no, there was people actually around you that was leading you to, to that space. Or oh, am I saying it correctly?
3: Or?
2: Yeah, I think also, I uh, think Sophie said it earlier on as well. You know, people want to be a part of something that they're familiar with. And I didn't have the answers, the others had the answers. So I wanted wanted that. And if we're living in a world now where spiritualism, as I said, is a a big thing, and Mm. people are searching, it's going to become easier to get into that style of living. And um, I think for myself, I could only speak for myself, that uh, I just wanted answers. Mm. I really yeah. wanted answers, and I, uh, and I just felt these people could do it. So and how I, how would you find gone? Yeah. Sorry. The other part is remember there was there was a setup. Yeah. I was used to the drumming yeah. because of what was going on in my family. So a lot of Satan knows what's going on in people's lives, yeah. and he wants you to feel comfortable. So he when he takes you, you mm. don't realize it. And that's what he does. So he watches you from when you come out of your parents' room, you mm. know, um, he knows how your family has functioned yeah. already and he's positioning you every mm. step of the way yeah. um, until he can absolutely take you completely. Mm. And you don't even realise it because it's really subtle.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, um, in your story and in saying that as well, referring to those points, because it's subtle, I think even with leprosy in the story, it's slowly, it spreads. Yeah. Oh, and I think yeah, 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 even yeah. with yeah. sin, yeah. It's, it's the subtle things, but it spreads and takes over yeah. um, until you're in a position that you didn't know you would find yourself in. Yeah. But then I think also it's important to note as well that like when the leper was healed, he then spread that healing and that love yeah. to others. Yeah. And I think noting that okay bad can spread and obviously bad spreads in this world but with the leper it spread within him but it spread to his limited contact that he had around him it was Mm -hmm. limited you were banished but with god's word and with god's love it takes over you but it can spread as far reaching as he could possibly allow and whoever is open to it Mm -hmm. um and then i guess my last question to you would be how have you spread your love? Have you done your adopting and fostering that you had spoke about earlier? Um, touch yeah. on that for us.
2: i fostered <laughs> for about five years. Wow. Sixteen children in 16? all. Sixteen? In all, yeah. Wow. Sixteen children in all, not at the same time, but <laughs> <laughs> <No>. across <laughs> the five years. Yeah, Most of those are sibling groups. Five of them I'm still in contact with. That's beautiful. And to be a part of their children's life as well, because they're up in their 30s themselves now. And um, it's been such a blessing. Mm. Um, Having them, one of them, she was 10 years old and she wanted to get baptised at 10. And then I have another one who's given her life to Christ. And the next one, she's on her way to giving her life to Christ. So, and I don't think it was by accident that I had these particular children. Children. Yeah. Oh, and I got some testimonies where they're concerned another time, but (laughs) yeah, they're amazing. So I was able to do that. Um, And in my spiritual growth, uh, having that experience, that spiritual side, keeps me grounded in God. Mm. Don't get me wrong. There's times when I've, I've gone wrong, but... The fear of God. I would never go back to that old way. Never say never, but there's nothing that entices mm. me to go back down that road. Yeah. Um, it just helps me to keep myself grounded in God because I know what is real out there. Satan's not just a story in the Bible. Mm-hmm. He's very real.
3: Mm,
1: go on, go
0: on. I was just gonna say, do you have any other questions? I was thinking about.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, you know what? Yeah, is it's just that thing of people. It's like, literally, people go into different crowds because of belonging, like,
0: even Mm. when I was young,
1: like, well, not me per se, or maybe me per se, but it's it's like, you want to be a part of a group, so sometimes you end up getting into the wrong groups, trying to do the wrong things.
0: Compromising. Compromising
1: your belief and stuff like that. So it's like, to the people out there now listening, it's like, how do they choose who to belong to or what part of like, let's say they, they don't have like a Bible, how did it? How would it? How did they decide where to go? Yeah, like it's, it's so hard because obviously you at least had a Bible to reference, like you know what, this is not adding up. But someone who mm-hmm. doesn't have the Bible, how do we encourage them, like you know what, this is this way or
2: yeah,
1: moving that way? This
2: is so important. Yeah. This is God, this is why God gives us these opportunities. We are his children. We have to make ourselves be seen and known so that God can position that's us. It. It. He Oof. can position us mm. where he needs us to be mm. for, those, for the likes of those who don't know the Bible yeah. um, and want to find a way out. Yeah. Satan wants you to believe that there is no way out. You mm. can't say no to your family. You can't say no to your friends. Yeah. You'll look different again. You'll be on your own. And um, we all know that's a lie. So there's... People who do want to move on but don't know how to do it. Yeah. God will position one of his chosen mm-hmm. to be available somewhere or another, whether it be work, whether it be um, ch- um, school or college. You will be able to see somebody who's sharing the word and then you attach yourself to that person. Ask them questions. Um, start looking in the word for yourself. um, Pray. Even though you don't even know if God is real or not. Mm. As I did, mm. I just said, if you're real, I want to know the truth. If I'm in the wrong place, take me to the right place. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know. And then be open to that. Yeah. As long as you don't know how you're going to do it, mm-hmm. you don't need to. Mm. God would make that way open. Just yeah. saying, I'm willing. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. I don't know how to do this. That's all God needs to know. That's
1: all real. That's Definitely.
0: That's I like the touch on the word and prayer though. I just want to mm. say a couple of things about that. Um, so some people believe that what brought healing to the leper was the touch of Jesus. Mm. But it's clear that what gave healing to the leper was the word yes. of Jesus. Yeah. And through touch, Jesus, as it's presented in the Bible text, expressed the grace that he felt towards the leper but it was his words that resulted in a miracle so of healing. Um, <laughs> and you spoke about prayer there. And I was just like, we're going to go into our prayer tip of the day. But yeah. before we do that, um, what, how does your prayer life look to you? What, what speaks to you in prayer? Like, what, what is your go-to necessarily?
2: Can I just say something on the back of what you yeah, shared? Yeah, of course, go for word? it. Uh,
0: even though when I was trying to, I didn't know
2: what the full truth was. I just knew the word was powerful in that. I pinned it to my inner clothes right. thinking that was going to protect yeah. me physically yeah. and spiritually. And when I got baptized and I know this is going to sound really strange, but in that time when I told you I was getting ready to get baptized, I was crying a lot every time they sang a hymn or said mm. a word. Now at first I thought it's because my eyes was not seeing well because of the tears, but I'd rub my eyes. The Bible I was holding, and I'd look at the Bible, the scriptures they were telling us to read, the word was hovering, sounds really strange, mm. was sitting, not in the page, but yeah, above yeah. the page. Mm. And it, it was yeah. like the Lord was showing me that my, my word has life. Right. Mm. Yeah. And um, <laughs> when you have, believing that kind of power, and um, that life acts alive... It's not just black and white. I lent myself more to trusting in right. it. Right. Because what I saw was supernatural. Satan was trying to show me something supernatural. But God had a, um, brought himself into my life in such a way that he rescued me. Mm. And in that process, he was able to heal me um, with that word. So um, in answer to your question about my prayer life... yeah. My thoughts are prayer. So, you know, when the Bible talks about praying continuously, Mm. I've allowed my thoughts to be prayer. So I don't allow myself to get turned up in things that I'm trying to sort out myself or just Mm -hmm. ruminate in my head. I put it out as a prayer. And um, I have a prayer partner. And every morning at quarter to five, we have two lists which we take turns in sharing one is a list of all our friends and family okay the other one is a list for her and myself um and what we're trying to let go of what we want to aspire to what we believe our purposes are and we swap every every day okay and so that keeps us because you know sometimes you wake up in the morning you just don't feel like praying yeah but no. when you know you've got an account oh, someone else yeah like that, you just biggest. do it yeah, yeah you just do it um and reading of the Bible again is a is another way of grounding. And again, there's sometimes when I just don't feel like doing it, and I say, you know, what, Lord, you have to get me there because yeah. today I'm tired or something else is going on. But it helps me still to stay focused, mm-hmm. having those areas yeah, in my life. Yeah, 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 prayer partner definitely, having a role in the church definitely. Um, mm. How have you fasting and praying? and how important that is, um, that helps to ground. Me.
1: How do you find a prayer partner? Like, How, how do you even appoint someone well, as a prayer partner?
2: You pray about that too. I, <laughs> I, had, I had prayer partners before, yeah. but they weren't lasting very long. I had one, <laughs> and she yeah. felt ill, and so she couldn't keep it up. The next one, her daughter was acting out, and in the morning she couldn't get yeah. things together, and that did. So I decided, Lord, I enjoy having a prayer partner. Could you please... <laughs> organized one yeah. for yeah. me, which he did. And we've been prayer partners now for six years. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. And it was perfect yeah. because we were quite similar. Um, and then there were things that she had already gone through in her life that I was going go mm. to go okay. into. So she knew what to, how to pray for me. And yeah. then when it was the other way around, where then I was going into, or she was going into stuff, then I knew how to pray for her. Right. And it just worked out so well.
1: So where did you two meet? In church?
2: I We met at camp meeting. Okay. And that, again, was in the story. Met at camp meeting. <laughs> and we was at... I would already... I did a um, a raw food um, experience for 40 days. And I... it. Wow. Really? Yeah, Roman's really. looking like he could never do like, it. Oh, listen. <laughs> I it's need
0: bread.
2: <laughs> <laughs> one of the best experiences in more than one way. Spiritually, physically, <laughs> mentally. It's different. Uh, yeah. So anyway, we, at camp meeting, there was a table and they were promoting raw food eating. So there was this woman standing at the table and I said, oh, you know, I did it once and I, <laughs> um, I really wanted to live my life like that, but it was a struggle. Mm. She said she'd never done it and she wanted to. So I said, oh, anytime that you feel like having somebody to inspire oh, you, blah, blah, blah. Right, swapped right numbers. Time, right? oh. So I kept praying and that was it. I kept praying. And then three months later I said, Lord, where is this prayer partner? So I rang this person believing she was somebody else. <laughs> I thought it was another person God wanted me to pray with as a prayer partner but it was this woman. So we were praying together for a couple of months and I said, oh, we need to meet. Yeah. yeah. Who turned out? I was like, who are you? I was, not yeah, yeah it, was, no. No, seriously. <laughs> it was not who I thought it was, but it was the best match. And, you,
1: and you know what, even on top of that, yeah, um, it's like, because I've, I've known you for some time, you know, and it's like, you're so approachable Mm. So it's like oh it's God. it's so important for us as human beings just to be approachable to everyone because someone might need us and just like the leper leper ran to Jesus like oh yeah, save me I <laughs> mean <Yeah. laughs> so it's like some sometimes someone needs kind words from someone some encouragement and it's so important for us to be in this world being approachable absolutely and uh, yeah
2: Definitely. that is that is the walk you yeah. have to be approachable because. Yeah. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit yeah, and also, you yeah. are supposed to attract people to yes. this exactly. and connect them exactly. to Christ. And exactly. if you cannot do that, then you need to check What's what it going is on that yep. is a barrier. Yes. Because yeah. Yeah. it's not it's real. no nothing else but yourself. Mm. That's a yeah. barrier. Why people can't come to you. Yeah. You check that, you deal with it, you wow. work on it. Come on. Get it out of the way <laughs> because you're blocking God yeah. from doing his work. And mm-hmm. we're in a we're it's, in a war right now. It's a click-click moment and stuff, you is know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there you go, guys. That's our prayer tip yeah. of the day. Prayer partners, prayer partners
2: for sure.
1: Definitely. And, yeah, and obviously, tomorrow you're gonna be uh, it would be me again. Actually, no, actually, it is. we're gonna have our day cyan with Myron talking about forgive me or renew me. Mm-hmm. So please join us again. And yeah, now today was good. Really enjoy this I like
0: then. to do at the end of the session yeah. what's your moment of truth what's your thing oh. that you're going to take away from this discussion what kind of hit you well
1: oh, you're asking me first That's yeah I
0: mean I don't mind yeah. going first I kind of yeah, got mine <laughs> um for me this discussion just brought up a bible text in mind Mm -hmm. um and it was it's ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 Mm. for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places therefore verse 13 put on every piece of god's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil then after the battle you will still be standing firm. Oh, Amen. Sophie,
2: that's perfect. That's a beautiful one. Absolutely. And all of us. I, I, I don't know if I can top that up, you know. No, that's just yeah, perfect.
1: Yeah, I think that was it.
0: Yeah, mm. I think we ignore things a lot. Yeah. But like you said if our eyes were opened we probably yeah. <laughs> would be too scared. Yeah. yeah. Um but yeah. Yeah, we're
1: quite a sensitive to what's going on. Yeah. just deliverance in God. 100%. And delivering. Like, I, to be on top of that, I was going to say, my scripture is, though I walk through the valley. And you guys might have to help me recite this text here. Come on, the, Raymond. Though, <laughs> though I walk through the valley, I shall, death, I live, I shall it, no evil. evil. But obviously, I'm going to skip. And, and obviously, he leads me through green pastures, right? And it's like, whatever you're going through, God is going to lead you through yes. to green pastures. Um, and the text I spoke of yesterday was, God just wants good for you. Doesn't mm. wish nothing bad on yeah. you. So it's like
3: all for good. That's yeah, always for the good Plans
1: man. To exactly. So yeah, no, thank you guys. See that's good. Thank I you. Feel, I feel fulfilled, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please that's it. So we're probably gonna close with a prayer. I uh, hope everyone's been blessed, and yeah, you mm. hope that you tune in again tomorrow. So can I yeah.
2: say if there is anybody that's experiencing anything that I've shared,
0: mm. yeah,
2: um need to speak about it. You're more than welcome.
0: I love that, yeah. Yeah, Yes, you
2: can get my number through Sophie or Raymond. Raymond, And I'll be happy to help or pray it through with you Mm. or give you some understanding, which um, you're probably not getting from anywhere else. So I am available.
1: Amen, thank you. Thank you. And uh, I don't usually do this, but Sharon, since you're the visitor, would you like to close with a prayer? Yes, thank you. Thank you.
2: Father, it's not by chance. I know that. Um, that we are here and the ears that are listening mm. to this testimony is because you have been so faithful to your children and you saved me, and I'm always grateful every day. Father, I am so grateful also that the love that you have towards your children never wavers, and in any situation, you can save us. It's just if we're willing. And so, Father, I ask that you will help to break every chain, every bond, every concern that your listeners may have at this time. Let them be free to come to you with an open heart and mind, no matter what the challenge they're under. As the scripture had been shared earlier on about the spiritual warfare and it presents itself in many different guises. Mm. Whoever feels uncomfortable and um, but don't fully understand why, I pray, Lord, that they will hear your voice and come to you and be freed from the concerns. Also, I ask, Lord, that you will prepare your children who have surrendered themselves to you to be ready for warfare mm. because it's very real. So be with us, Lord. I ask that you send your angels to encamp around those whom are seeking you and those who have surrendered to you and allow the Holy Spirit to work through them in a mighty way as we really are in war. Father, thank you so much. You know, I'm always, I'm so grateful for what you've done, not just for myself, but those whom have gone through situations like this. Be with us, I pray in Jesus name.
0: Amen. Amen, amen.
1: Thank you, guys. Follow the page on CCY Projects on Instagram. See you tomorrow.
0: Bye, guys.